What's up to all my freelancers and creatives? This is Nathan with another episode of Freelance Jumpstart TV. And in this video, we are going to solve the problem of cash flow for freelancers. When I first started freelancing, I was so excited just to get a client. So I remember talking to someone, telling them about my abilities, and then they would say, yes, they're willing to work with me. And I started saying yes to everything. If someone was referred to me or they found me, no matter what it was, I just kept saying yes to a whole bunch of work. One of the main reasons I kept saying yes is I wanted to keep the cash flow steady. I didn't want to get to a point to where I was too stagnant and I kept saying yes to everything. However, this created a problem. I wasn't paying attention to the type of clients I was receiving. I just kept saying yes to work. But this did allow me to see there was a certain segment to the market I was working in. Imagine with me there's a graph and there's an x-axis and there's a y-axis and on the x-axis we'll have willingness to pay and on the y-axis we'll have price. And these are the four segments that I noticed when I kept saying yes to different client work. There is give me a hookup which is a low willingness to pay and they don't want to pay that much in price. There is the deal or discount. These are people who will always try to negotiate some type of discount. Then moving from there, there are opportunistic people, people that might pay you more and are willing to pay you more, but you're going to have to convince them that is an opportunity that is worthwhile. So um, they're willing to pay you more, but you just got to do more convincing case studies and let them know you're specialized in their area. And then finally, there is luxury and premium. Uh, this is where I want to get to. These are the Apple users. These are the Tesla drivers. These are the people that believe paying more gives them higher quality. So they have a higher willingness to pay and they're willing to pay more in price as well. Unfortunately for me, I was put in the category of the lower two. Nathan, give me a hookup or Nathan, give me a deal. This meant that if I wanted to get to the higher two segments of the market, I couldn't say yes to every type of customer. I can only say yes to a customer that shows certain characteristics. But this also meant my cash flow was very slow and it was lowering by not saying yes. So to solve my issue of cash flow or just getting paid on a more regular basis, I found that there's something called the product spectrum. Some people call it the product pyramid, some people call it the product ladder, some people call it the trifecta, whatever you wanna call it. It has many names, but I like the way designer Sasha Greff really summarize what the product spectrum is and he has an article on medium in which he summarizes this was written a while ago but it's still very relevant and i'll put a link in the description below however the product spectrum is pretty much like this so there's another graph there's a lot of graphs today that's okay another graph so imagine with me again there is an x-axis which is customer base size and there is a y-axis which is average revenue per user so what Sasha describes is, you know, if you want to get to the point where you're building a software as a service or a social network or something that brings in uh, passive income where you're not doing one-on-one -on -one client work, you have to take this path. You start with a full-time job, then you start freelancing. You get more clients and then you move to productized consulting. You distill your product offering down to certain things that you offer and there's a price tag and then you get more clients then you make the jump to info products maybe you're writing a book or something of that nature or doing an online course then finally you jump to software as a service 
and you go from there. So that's his description of the product spectrum and how people can make the transition to get to that point more easily. However, I saw this and realized that this applies to the life of a freelancer as well. However, it's a little different on what I would recommend. So we're going to look at this one tier at a time as we describe the product spectrum for the life of a freelancer or freelance creative, no matter what you do, whether you're a photographer, a web designer, web developer, uh, maybe you're just a specific consultant, maybe you do uh, consulting services for Google Analytics, whatever it might be, you're an illustrator, it doesn't matter. However, this applies if you do any type of freelance work. So the first level is full-time employment. This means that you have a day job. So you have a day job and then at nighttime or whenever you're not working, you are building your freelance business. So whatever it might be, you're learning more about a skill, you're learning a creative skill, maybe you already have the skill and you're just offering it to different clients. So you do this with a full-time job. The reason you're doing this with a job in place is you don't wanna fall victim to what I had earlier, saying yes to everything. If you have a full-time job that covers all of your bills, you can be more selective with the type of clients you work with and you're not pressured just to get paid. So it allows you to start building a certain clientele. The next tier we have is freelancing. So as I mentioned, this goes hand in hand. You're working a full-time job and you're focused on your freelancing. During this tier, you're really looking to fully define what it is that you do, uh, the service that you offer, and you're really starting to build a certain niche in a market or a certain specialization in the market and all of your clientele is giving you good testimonials you're writing good case studies you're just focused on freelancing and people know your services are available this is the business building or business development phase and probably the most consistent that you need to be with freelancing however while freelancing we get to the next tier which is what i call free education now, this is anything you can do to show your expertise so whether you are writing a guest post on a popular blog, whether you are making videos on YouTube, whether you are writing on your own blog, um, maybe you are a guest on a specific podcast, whatever it might be, this is something where you're creating value or free education that is related to the area that you're freelancing in. So for example, if you're a photographer, perhaps you're talking about or you're writing an article describing how someone can choose the best photographer for their wedding, right? So if you're a wedding photographer, you're writing content that your clients would read and then use to make a decision. If you're a web developer, you may describe the process of how a project manager needs to communicate with a team in order to get a web development project done. Whatever it may be, you're creating free education that asserts yourself as an expert, but also points to the fact that you have freelance skills that relate to this area and you understand the client because you're reading their mind by writing things they want to know about. As you create free education, this is the opportunity, as I mentioned, to advertise your skills as well, but you'll also hear and learn from your client base or potential client base about what they care about. So this is where you can start listening to them, talking to them, having conversations. This is over time. You're having these conversations and this helps to craft your product offering or productized consulting. Jane says, productized consulting is a term for selling consulting services as a fixed priced value-based offering with a predefined process. So pretty much what Jane is outlining is 
you've been freelancing, uh, you've been teaching about what you've done and how you can help other people, but you've also gotten used to things going a certain way. You've gotten used to certain uh, processes. I, I mentioned and brought up the idea of a photographer. So yes, maybe you are a wedding photographer or maybe you are a photographer that does spreads from different marketing companies or tech companies. Uh, maybe you offer a photography service that is specific in saying here is the time for a two-hour shoot with unlimited photos. You get access to all the photos and you can do whatever you want with them. Maybe that's a productized level that you offer to somebody for them to take part in. Uh, for me, when it comes to productized consulting, um, I have different things to where I work in the entire creative process. We do strategy. Uh, I develop things for them. Uh, I execute and then I review. Some of my productized consulting consists of just literally coaching where uh, maybe someone doesn't have the full amount of money to do a full scale project. Therefore, they just come to me and we're talking about what they can do and I'm pointing them in the right direction and telling them exactly what to do. It's just that I'm not doing the work. I can offer that as a productized consulting service. When I work with clients and we talk about business, I'm consulting them in a certain level of way based upon the questions they ask me. But what if I just detach that and leave it by itself? That's something I can offer as a productized service. Productized consulting also empowers you to do something else. I mentioned in the past, I kept saying yes to everything. There was another problem that happened as well. And that problem was, I only had one thing I was offering my clients. So it's pretty rough to go from zero to a thousand, zero to 5,000, zero to 20,000. Um, working with someone on a full level project, if they've never worked with me, they're unsure of my processes, they don't know if I'm on time, they need somewhat of a preview on how it is to work with me. Therefore, productized consulting really gives you the opportunity to take a piece of your project, distill it down, and then offer that to a client. The advantage of this is they get to see how it is to work with you. They're not paying something that costs so much money. They're not going from zero to 5,000. It might be uh, zero to 500 or zero to 100, depending on what you charge for that service. And they get a preview of what it is and they may wonder and say, wow, if this is what it's like to work with this freelancer on a lower level, on a small package, what does a full scale offering really look like? And now you're finally to the point to where you have different levels of what you can offer. You can say you can work with me on a full scale project or choose any of these productized consulting services. And now different levels of cash flow start to come in, but we don't stop there. The next level is podcasting. Originally I wanted to put this with free education and you could do a podcast where you offer free advice to different people and they can see your expertise. But you can also do a podcast a little differently. There's been an explosion in the online world for just content and podcasts have been blowing up. What if you went to an industry leader or someone who is in your specific market and you said, I'd be willing to host a podcast on your behalf and I'd be willing to talk to industry leaders and you can brand the podcast under your name uh, I am just the host and this way I can do it for this amount of money. So podcasting could be used to promote your own business and services as a freelancer or if you already know how to podcast, you can in a sense offer that as a service to a company and now you get two sides of the coin. You get 
to host and learn from industry leaders of a specific specialized area, but also if they're aware that you are a freelancer offering services, they may come to you or your name may get out in that community and now people will come to you for your different productized services or full scale projects. So now you're getting paid and you're advertising at the same time. As I mentioned, if you wanted to host a podcast yourself and you're in control of the podcast and you're just offering value, you can look for sponsors or, or get sponsorships who are again in that specialized area based upon what your podcast is about. So a podcast could be used to get money through sponsorships or you can do it on behalf of someone and they become your client and you're just the host. Going from there, we finally have books, courses, and info products. So this is the point where you are writing down something and making an ebook, writing down something and making an actual physical book, or maybe you're creating an online course. And even in a previous episode called The State of Create, I interviewed Justin Jackson and we talked about what it's going to take to be successful building courses in 2018 and beyond. Uh, and we dove into that. However, this is still a viable market. If you have a certain skill that you're teaching or a way that you do things in your business that's different from others, and it may bring value to a team, it may bring value to a company, it may bring value to um, other freelancers who want to get the type of clients that you have, you can write a course about any of those subjects. With info products, the flexibility here is you can price um, high and low. There are some courses for $1,000, but there's some eBooks that are available for $10, $19. This is another entry point where people can come and learn about you or work with you. And it just depends on the subject you choose for your info product. And finally, we have software as a service. So it depends on what direction you want to take this in. A great example of this is Brennan Dunn. Brennan Dunn did some development and then he worked as a freelancer, had his own agency, but then he built a software as a service that was for other agencies and other freelancers. So his peers is what he built the actual software as a service for. And now Brennan built another software as a service that's more direct to business and direct to consumer called Right Message, where he is offering a service that does personalization on your website. So you can make that progression as well. Um, you just have to think about something that is repetitive, something that your peers may need, something that businesses you serve may need, and you can come up with it. So taking a step back, let's look at the full product spectrum in the life of a freelancer. Just to review, we have full-time employment, uh, freelancing on a consistent basis, then offering free education to advertise your skills and show your expertise. I'll mention this now because I didn't mention this earlier, but free education also has another advantage. Uh, maybe a client comes to you and they feel like your freelancing fees are too expensive. Because you are teaching, asserting yourself as an expert and you've taught all these things, they can read your free education and get value. So now you no longer feel guilty about saying no because they could watch your videos, read your blog posts, and still piece together valuable advice from that. Again, going from there, productized consulting, you know, what services that do you have to offer that is extremely valuable, but someone can pay a flat fee for them and it's not as high as your full product offering. And you can podcast, you can get a sponsorship, or you can be the host on behalf of another person in your industry. Then finally, books and courses and software as a service. And lower on the chart, you have more one-on-one -on -one interaction 
the higher you go, your audience begins to grow. So again, to solve the cash flow problem for freelancers, you need to offer a range of different things. Um, you don't have to do everything I outlined in the product spectrum. You can do whatever works for you, but I found you need to be versatile. You need to get to the point to where if someone's working to you full scale, you give them all your attention, but there's other things out there for people to learn about you, see how it is about your processes, see how it is to work with you and other things that are more passive and automatic. If you write an ebook or if you write a value guide or you do a video series that someone pays for, they can go through that on their own. And maybe you're only doing customer service and talking with them and answering emails. You're not devoting one-on-one -on -one meetings to them. So, or maybe you do offer that, but that falls under productized consulting and coaching. Thank you for taking the time to check out this episode. I greatly appreciate it. If you liked anything I had to say in this video, give this video a thumbs up. If you're listening on the podcast, I would love a review because I take all those reviews seriously and I read those. In a future episode, we are going to talk to Jane Portman and dive into productized consulting. How do you create a productized consulting offer and how can it be beneficial to your business. So look out for that one. And until the next episode, I will catch you later. See ya.